Welcome to another inspirational teaching from the Neighborhood Church. We pray that you be blessed by it. We are going to continue on from... uh... Hi, Pastor. We're going to continue on from uh, last week. Um, So... Pastor John and I preached the same verse, just at different services. And so there's always a little bit of difference because, well, we're different people. So I'm going to kind of do a continuation of my message last week, but it's very similar to what would be a continuation of Pastor John's message. So don't feel like you're going to miss anything or be confused. You won't, hopefully, if you were here. If you weren't here, well, this is just brand new for everyone and um, good for you. Amen? You guys need to wake up a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's try again. Amen? Amen. What was Wainwright doing last week? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the good old 90s vineyard thing. God is good? And all the time? There we go. Pastor John coined the phrase for us last weekend that you can't live right unless you think right. And that was so foundational for this look at uh, Romans chapter 12. And so we've been talking about tidying up the areas of our life that maybe aren't going so well. Maybe there's some stuff that needs to get decluttered. Maybe you need to Marie Kondo a few things and just kind of set it right and, and start living a little bit more like Christ. And we get to these points where we need to we need to eliminate the stuff that holds us back to truly being like Jesus. If our our end goal is to become as much like Christ as humanly possible, as humanly possible, then there's obviously work that we all need to do in order to achieve that. Because our our God is so great, he's he's amazing, and he gives us us this outline of of different ways that we can get our thinking straight and get our heart in order and realize that they're really all quite connected. And we're going to look at this morning how, how thinking straight and thinking right is really a heart condition. It's really a, a, a test of what's happening on the inside, a test of, of, you know, how much fire is really burning on the inside. And that connectivity is really important. You can't separate from how you think about God to what's happening in your heart. You can't separate those. It was, uh, it was this week, I can't remember what day it was, but if you're like us, most of your deep conversations happen around the table. And uh, our son had come up with the um, idea that he planted in our brains that every Friday is a movie night. And so he just starts saying, oh, it's movie night tonight. Just to reiterate his point, he never really asked anybody, is it movie night? It's just, well, tonight's movie night, didn't you know? And if you've had children or have children, you know that that means you're going to watch the same movie over and over and over and over again, and it's horrifying. So the new rule is you will not watch the same movie that you have already seen. It has to be a new movie. And so Amberly and I are talking, and she says, what about the never-ending story? 
my immediate response was, I've, I've never seen it. But in my brain, what happened was, well, she was still in this track, still talking about this movie from her childhood and having a conversation with me, which apparently I wasn't listening to. And um, what happened in my brain was, never-ending story, I know there's a character in that story called Atreyu. I saw Atreyu, the band play once, they were horrible, but they were on the same bill as a band I really liked. Hey, that band I really liked just put out a new cover of Sandima's High School Football Rules. It was really good. You know, that song was about a fictional high school from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That was in California. Amberly, what about going to California for vacation this year? And so she's still talking about a never-ending story, but somehow I'm way over here. I'm like, don't you want to go to Palm Springs? There's a connectivity in Scripture where everything meshes together. Even though you might not realize while we're talking about being able to think right, we're also talking about your heart at the same time. There's all of these things weaving together underneath. So we look at... Um, we looked at Romans 12, 9 and 10 last weekend about preferring one another above yourself and um, really devoting your life to being second fiddle. Devoting your life to saying, yeah, I love your opinions. They're better than mine, even, even though they're not. Let, let's do it your way, even though it's going to be terrible. But there's a scriptural element of preferring one another above ourselves a scriptural element where there, there is honor in becoming second. And we build this, this love relationship with those around us by saying, you know what? Let's try your way. And so we looked at that last weekend uh, at, both, uh, at both services. But today we're going to move on to Romans 12, verse 11. And it says this. Never be lacking in zeal. Never. Not sometimes you can be lacking in zeal. Not occasionally it's okay to be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. That sounds like something we need to be working on every day. If it's a never, we should be working on that. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor your spiritual fervor, the temperature of your heart, what's happening on the inside, serving the Lord. Keep your spiritual fervor so that you can serve the Lord. So let's look at the, the first section here. Let's look at um, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Do you ever feel like maybe you've had times where you've burnt out a little bit serving God? Maybe it was just like one too many prayer meetings, one too many shifts in the kitchen, one too many small groups, and you just kind of got tired of it. It's like, oh, if I have to serve coffee one more time, I may lose my salvation. I found myself a few times in life getting to that point where I felt like I had burnt out serving God. 
I felt like I had, had kind of hit my limit of, you know, I just, I'm not willing to do more. I'm willing to do less. Not because I should or shouldn't, but I'm just, I, I kind of hit that wall, I hit that limit. It is easy in tidying up our lives, it is easy in decluttering our lives even, to kind of hit that wall where it's like, I don't want to get rid of more. I don't want to change anything else. I just want to sit here and be who I am. And we get to this static place in Christianity where we feel like maybe we've plateaued. We feel like, you know, I'm good where I'm at. I know I'm not in a good place but I'm going to rest in my plateau. For me, when I get to that place of, uh, of a spiritual fatigue or, or a plateau, um, I know I'm there because I'm super cynical. I'm super pessimistic, and I'm way more sarcastic than usual. Notice I didn't say sarcastic in general, just more sarcastic than usual. That might be my resting place is sarcasm. I was told once it's the lowest form of funny. Uh, I was preaching in a, in a church in um, the south part of England, and um, I, was, I was corrected after the sermon and told, you know, this was by like a 16-year-old boy. He's like, um, love, your, love your preaching, but um, your sarcasm, that, that Canadian sarcasm, it's really the lowest form of funny. I think the Brits are way more sarcastic than us, especially you Scots. <laughs> have you ever noticed how many Scottish pastors we have in this church? There's two. And then we've got... Um, We've got a board member. Like, it's a little, it's a little heavy on the Scots. <laughs> but we do get to these places where we burn out. And we feel like, you know, the more connected we are, the better off we are. That's not necessarily true. Uh, it was a blog I read this week talked about and the, the author was talking about how connected he is and how much better that should make things. But really, it just tires him right out. So he counted through all of the different inboxes he has. So either on his phone or, or emails that you can send to. And he counted 11. 11 different places he has to check to see if someone has gotten a hold of him that day. And how incredibly exhausting that is. The connectivity should make it easier for us to do life. But if we're not connected at the right level, not connected to the right source, we're probably doing it wrong. And so my caution would be this, not to burn out doing the wrong things. Don't burn out doing the wrong things. We go back into verse 10, and verse 10 in um, Romans 12 tells us to love authentically. Authentically love. Authentically love. You can fake enthusiasm, but the test of time will show that you cannot fake authenticity. 
Enthusiasm is easy to fake. I can pretend to be excited all day long. It doesn't mean I am, but authenticity is something you can't fake. Truly serving God from your heart is something you can't fake. There is a joy that exudes from you when you are serving God because you are serving God. But when we are serving God because we are serving men or trying to to build a platform for ourselves or trying to look good for our friends, that will burn you out. I guarantee it every time. There is a long-term persistent power in authenticity that doesn't sway with opinion or preference, but it locks onto mission. It locks onto the mission of Christ. I have found in my life that I have never burnt out in mission. If I am truly serving God and I am on mission in my life and I am and I'm walking out the Great Commission and I have a purpose to what I'm doing, I don't burn out on that. When I'm serving my purposes or, or another person's purposes, I will burn out on that over time. Let's go on to the, the, next, the next phrase in this. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep your spiritual fervor. How do you do that? How do you keep your spiritual fervor? What, and what is the matrix of what is the top? What is the matrix of what is the bottom? Where do you want to sit? Is it like a thermostat on a, on a vehicle? You want to kind of sit in the middle or, or do you want to keep it burning hot? Or are you, are you okay with it being a little low? Like, what is that matrix for us as humans? Has anyone in this room ever done like a, a short-term mission project with like YWAM or maybe Bethel or, or any group under the sun? Has anyone ever done a short-term mission somewhere? A few of you. You guys need to do more missions. There's this general thing that happens before you go out on your mission, before you go to the Philippines or, or wherever you're ending up going. You go to a discipleship training environment. Now, in this environment, before I say all this, I'm a big proponent of short-term missions. I'm not saying bad things. Okay. In this environment, you are 100% immersed in God. Everything that happens is spiritual. You are surrounded by spiritual people. They are saying spiritual things. All the music around you is spiritual. People are getting slain in the spirit playing foosball. It's so spiritual. So you go from this environment into mission. So now you're doing mission. You're with the same group of people. The same bubble is following you. It is completely immersed in the presence of God. Then you come home. Now you go back to real life where the kids are going to drive you crazy. Your boss is going to be mean to you. Someone's going to steal your jacket at church. Don't steal jackets when they're hanging up. That's not cool. I always keep mine with me. Just in case. It's not that I don't trust you, John. But we get back to real life. We leave church. We go to the restaurant. You leave church. You start Monday. We're back in real life. And whatever high you had at church, whatever spirit you felt, whatever that immersion was, 
the temperature begins to change because of the surroundings around us. There will be change. It's part of life. Change is a constant. It's just what happens in life. And so there's that fluctuation that begins to happen in our hearts. What we had set out so good, we made all these plans in our brains like, okay, this week devotions are going to start. Six o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get up before anyone else, going to have a time of prayer, going to get into the word, it's going to be amazing. And then the kids are screaming and they're throwing things and that goes off the rails. And before you know it, you're back at Saturday and you're like, I feel worse than I did last week. And so you come back to church and the cycle begins all over again. Whatever your intent was to keep that fire going, it didn't work. It's like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with the church? It's got to be someone else's fault. We are responsible for our own heart temperature. It is my responsibility to make sure I'm spending time with God. It's no one else's responsibility. In 1887, a guy named Harvey Wilcox moved from Topeka, Kansas. He moves from Topeka, Kansas, and spends some time in the Los Angeles area. So he's in LA, great place for a vacation, Amberly. California. And he's a successful rancher. He's got like bags of money. If it was a cartoon, he'd have like money falling out of his pockets and these bags of money on his back. Just imagine that. It's good for you. So he's got bags of money. This Harvey Wilcox is super loaded. And he decides, you know what I feel the Lord is saying to me? I'm going to buy 160 acres of land. 160 acres of land. That's a lot of land. Is it for his ranch? No. Here's his intent. 160 acres of land. Picks out this, this plot west of Los Angeles. He's going to set up there. It's going to be amazing. He's got this idea. We're going to set up 160 acres of land, and we're going to build a Christian community. It will, it will follow all the rules of Scripture. Um, it's going to be beautiful. Everyone's going to love one another, and um, it's going to be this bubble, this full immersion of what God is in my brain. It's going to be great. 160 acres of land west of Los Angeles. Um, over time, things change. Our, our initial intent was for it to be this. And we, so we zoom into where we are today, February 3rd? February 3rd, 2019. That little 160 acres of land is known as Hollywood. So, did it go wrong or did it go different? Who gives us creativity? Where does creativity come from? God. So, we can look at this two ways. We can look at this and say, oh, it's getting dark out there. This is horrible. The debauchery of Hollywood dragging us Christians down. Or we can look at this and say, okay, God, you released creativity into the world. I can't wait to see how you're going to redeem this. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. 
Because creativity comes from God. The devil's not creative. God's creative. Look at us. Look at what he created on planet Earth. God is creative. We limit God's creativity by putting him in a box and saying, oh, no, it's this. You know, it's bad. Those people took creativity. They just wrecked it. Maybe, but what's God going to do to redeem it? And so we come at it with this pessimistic, this cynical attitude of, oh, it's bad. We, we just need to bunker in as Christians because um, it's bad out there. I have a really big God. A really, really big God who has put me on mission and you on mission to tell the world about Jesus Christ. So often our heart temperature is a guide that we need to look at as to where we're at in that cycle. Are we ready to go? Are we ready to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ? Or are we more concerned with our cynicism and our pessimism of what's happening around us? Keep your spiritual fervor up. Sometimes when things look like they're off track, when people are stealing your coat from the lobby or, or derailing your plans in life in general, it's easy to get off track. But you are responsible for your own heart attitude and what happens in that place. And go to the next slide. So I want to, I want to walk through a couple of steps just to make it super simple and super easy this morning, how do you keep a fire burning hotter in your heart? How do you do it? And some of this will be super simple and you're like, yeah, I get it, thanks. And, but maybe for some it's like, yeah, I should do that more often. So I encourage you, write these down and let's try to build that fire in our hearts throughout the week. Don't ride high to high at church Build that fire. Live in a personal state of revival. Don't wait for someone else. Let the fire burn hot in your own heart. A, build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is easy for me to wake up in the morning and say, I just need a coffee before I can talk to anybody. And usually that's true. Any conversation that happens before coffee is not good. But what if, what if we shifted that before I even have a coffee in the morning? I need to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What do you have for me today? I can't wait to see what you want to teach me. I can't, see, I can't wait to see where you want to guide me. I'm excited to spend the day with you, Lord. Build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Talk to him. He's there. He's our, he is our friend. He's our paraclete. He, he is there to help us in life find Christ everywhere. That's what he does. B, use scripture. Immerse yourself in scripture. You will never go wrong immersing yourself in scripture. There's multiple different ways to read the Bible. You can read through it quickly and kind of look at the trees and, and, and not the leaves, or, or you can study it. But no matter how you do it, 
It will not go wrong for you. Use scripture in your daily life. Bill Johnson said this, biblical meditation brings us into correction, connection with the one whose heart is perfect. Biblical meditation brings us into connection with the one whose heart is perfect. You can't go wrong by using scripture. You can't go wrong by meditating on the word of God. C is to be thankful and encouraging. You will be surprised at what happens when you are thankful and encouraging to those around you. It changes everything. When you find the best in a situation that looks like it could be the worst, God's doing something on your heart. Encourage the people around you. Even if you don't like them, encourage them. My wife, um, she started doing something a while back where she would try to find something to compliment about people once a day. So you'll just be like randomly out for lunch or something like that, and Amberly will be like, I really like your hat to a stranger. It's like, it's weird. But it could change that person's day completely. You could be speaking something prophetic into their life that shifts everything for them. D, change your bad habits and live clean. We all have bad habits. We all do. But it's funny, even when you change bad habits for unspiritual reasons, how God starts to work on your heart and speak new things to you. I, um, so when I had my surgery, I, uh, I had to work from the couch for a little while. And um, so when you're sitting at home all alone and there's no one to cook for you, but there is a microwave and there's a freezer with a bag of Costco chimichangas in it. It will go downhill. And I think it took me about a week to polish off the entire bag. And then I wondered why I put weight on. It's like, well, it's a lot of chimichangas. And they're delicious and they're wonderful. But coming to a place and it's like, okay, clearly we have a problem and that problem is way too many pounds we just put on because um, the scale's a liar and so is the devil. So <laughs> we have to make a hard correct. And so, um, so I, I started fasting for a while for no spiritual reasons whatsoever, 100% just to drop some weight. But it's interesting how when we try to correct our bad habits in life, how God starts speaking to us through that. And there's this beautiful clarity of wisdom that came through those times of fasting. It's like, well, thank you, Lord. I wasn't doing this for that, but thank you. Change our bad habits and start living clean. E, just worship again. You know, we always go through times where we worship easily and it's hard to get into worship. The band's playing on Sunday or Saturday, and you're like, this is good. I like the song. When we're in these times, in these atmospheres, don't waste it. Worship again. 
Release yourself into worship. Lift your voice to God. Something drastic happens to the temperature in your heart when you worship him, when you praise him, when you lift his name up. Especially when you're in a room like this with a couple hundred of your closest friends. Just lift his name up. And the last one is this. F. Ask for help. If you want to raise the spiritual temperature in your heart, ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. We have great pastors in this church who want to spend time helping you. We've got great board members in this church who I would highly recommend talking to about spiritual issues. Ask for help. The people sitting next to you, ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. There's a quote I saw on Instagram this week from a a series by one of my favorite artists. And it says, um, asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. And the horse is talking to a boy and a mole. Asking for help isn't giving up. It's refusing to give up. Ask for help. Maybe you just want to ask God for help. And the last piece of this verse, kind of where it all fits together, is this. So never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That's the why. That's the why that puts it all together. If you have no fuel in your heart, you will burn out. I've been there. I've done it. You will burn out serving the Lord if there's no fuel in your heart. In Revelation 3, it talks about the, the lukewarm church. And it goes through all of this. You know, you've got so much money. You've got so many gifts. Like, you guys are amazing. But you're so lukewarm. I just wish you, I wish you were burning a little hotter. Or I wish you'd go all the way cold and then I could just ignore you. But I I just wish you were burning hotter. And then at the end of the, the stanza, it says, but, but to those who overcome, to those who overcome. So he goes through this huge thing talking to the church. And Jesus is like, I just wish you were more. I wish you were less so that I could ignore you. But if you were more, that'd be best. But to those who can overcome this, to those who can turn that temperature up, I've got amazing things in store for you. Probably the most popular verse in Scripture John 3.16, 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Our mission is the mission of God. To take the name of Jesus Christ to the world around us and love them till it hurts. But we can't do that without fuel in our hearts. We can't do that burning cold. Ed Silvoso once said that the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. Think that through for two seconds. The church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. We are the vehicle of the mission. We're the vehicle of God's mission on planet Earth. There's no plan B. You guys are plan A. God doesn't need a plan B. There's no backup plan because he doesn't need it. He's got us. Church, would you guys stand with me this morning? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in a moment as we get ready to close and go back into worship for a couple of minutes. But just let that sink in. You guys are God's plan A. Your plan A. No matter what you think of yourself, your plan A. No matter how cold you think your heart is burning, you're still plan A. You guys are plan A. I think that is so exciting. Tommy, you're plan A. It's like gym class. Nobody's getting picked last. We are plan A. Let's invite you to close your eyes this morning. We know you enjoyed this teaching from the Neighborhood Church from our Pine House location here in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. To touch base with us from anywhere in the world that you're listening, or maybe you're just at the gym or in your car, you can text the word Pine House to 306-800-5296. There you can fill out our digital connect card. Or if you want to give it a distance, or maybe you've been working weekends or just can't make it to the city, text the initials TNC to 705-230-8977. Through that little portal, you can give or tithe or give and give to missions. For any more information about The Neighborhood Church, you can check us out online at theneighborhoodchurch.org. God bless you and have a great week.